0: Hey everyone, before we get started, if you have listened to this podcast before, or if you like my voice already in the last five seconds, please be sure to subscribe and leave a rating and review if you can on whatever platform you're listening to this on. It really helps stuck my ego more than anything else, so I appreciate it. Thanks. Anyways, let's get started. So (laughs) I wanted to start off by talking about um, just like slow days. I had a pretty slow day yesterday. Um, For those of you that are new to the show, I'm in this dedicated period of studying for this big exam that's coming up soon. And, uh, I've been trying to really grind out a lot of hours of studying every day, but you know, it doesn't always work out. So, uh, yesterday was a bit of a slow day. It's it's one of those things, you know, where it's, it's hard to really know why it's a slow day. It's just kind of one of those days where you get up at six and you, f- and you're like, yeah, I'm going to conquer everything. And then you can't physically get out of bed until like ten thirty. <laughs> so you've, by that point read all of Reddit twice and, um, you know, you just need something better to do and you're so bored that you have to get out of bed. So that's kind of what happened yesterday and it was just a slow day, you know. Um, One thing that I found, I don't know, I've been putting a lot of of, uh, energy into trying to eat healthy and trying to, you know, keep up my strength by eating healthy. Uh, But I I thought, you know what, if I'm already having a bad day, I may as well just kind of go all the way to, you know, having (laughs) uh, uh, a very bad day by not working out, by eating, you know, really crappy food. So I went into the pantry and I got, this amazing piece of food that I think everyone should try at some point or another. It's this thing called it's like Ching's palace, which sounds like kind of a racist name, but it's this Indian uh, Chinese. Uh, it's like an Indian Indo Chinese ramen brand called Ching's palace or Ching's place, I think. And they have really, really good instant ramen. And it is so spicy. Like I ate it like, like I knew Like I've, I've had it before. I knew I know how spicy it is. And I, I just needed it. Cause I, know that as soon as I you know made it and then slurped it up as fast as possible because I was so hungry that I would just start sweating and coughing and it, it really felt like uh, a sweat lodge almost without actually there being any, any steam around me sorry if that's offensive to anyone uh, but it really did feel like a sweat lodge and it, it was actually quite clarifying you know I, I, I feel like you know I had all my, my all my sinuses got drained out I was really sweaty, and it really did wake me up quite a bit, so it's really good. I, I'd, I'd recommend Ching's, Ching's Place, I think it's called. Uh, so anyway, if you used to go to the Indian store, it's right next to the Maggie and all the other Indian instant ramens. So good. So, so good. Uh, I think it was also kind of a slow day because of the news of, of Anthony Bourdain's passing. I don't know. I'm sure many of you have heard at this point that Anthony Bourdain, I, I think it was yesterday, maybe the day before, he um, died. Um, he, he actually died by suicide, and I don't know. I... i'm I'm sure this is true for everyone but for me especially when i hear about these kinds of things happening especially to people who are so well regarded um obviously death and suicide is a tragedy no matter who it is but in this case when it's someone who's so highly regarded who's considered so successful you know and so you know beloved by the community more than just for his success but for his personality and for his kindness uh and just general well well well-beingness it's always hard to you know hear that and to. uh, uh, you know, to to go on go on your day without it somehow affecting you. So it, it definitely affected me, to be honest. And um, I think people should maybe talk about that more. Like, it really does affect you. Like, even if uh, the way that you express it is by you know showing remorse and, and showing sympathy, it still does you know affect you at a at a deeper level than just affecting your actions for that day. It, it did definitely affect me emotionally. Um, so yeah, that was really sad. I I personally never really uh watched or listened to any of his stuff but i know that a a lot of my friends and loved ones were huge fans of his and uh i know it it definitely affected them as well when they heard about the news so my condolences to anyone and everyone who's ever known him because it definitely seems like a huge loss for all of us um if i may talk about something that for me has been kind of aggravating and infuriating and i'm sure plenty of people have been infuriated by this in the past but it's uh dr oz man dr oz he i mean i'm sure everyone knows he has this tv show and i think he does like other social media style stuff as well but he basically is a very well regarded cardiothoracic surgeon who uses his uh uses his qualifications to peddle snake oil essentially like he'll have all kinds of weird alternative medicine, not science-based medicine stuff, on his show all the time, and effectively, uh, you know, lend credence to these sometimes dangerous uh, concepts. And I guess for him, what he gets out of that is a good show that a lot of people watch, which gets him a lot of money. And I, I don't know. So he, the uh, the reason why people are mad at him this time, this is one of many times, uh, is that yesterday, or I think maybe two days ago now, he posted this tweet that says, "quote." For centuries, we have used astrological signs to examine our personality and how we interact with those around us. However, these signs may, may reveal a great deal about our health as well. Discover what your astrological sign can tell you about your health. So basically, he is advocating for astrology, not astronomy. Astrology, as in horoscopes, as uh, a valid, uh, as a valid like insight into medicine, which come on, man, you're better than that. You're, you're better than that, Dr. Oz. You are a very well-educated, well, well, uh, liked and highly credited cardiothoracic surgeon. You're an incredible doctor from what I understand. Why do you have to do this? Like you have no need for the money. You have no need for the extra publicity. Everyone already knows you and loves you. And you're already inundated with cash. Like, why do you do this? It's, it's baffling to me that he would do this. And, um, it just, it's really sad. He, Ended up, I think, deleting the tweet, but then later, but then if you go to his website, the same info about astrology is still on his website. And it just, it's aggravating because we already have such a huge problem in the US with people not trusting science based medicine or people thinking that there is some giant conspiracy amongst medical professionals to keep them away from true remedies like astrology or essential oils or whatever. And it's so counterproductive to the advancement of science it's so counterproductive to the patient uh doctor relationship and advocating for such things like astrology and in, in the past he's done other uh frankly dangerous um alternative medicine type shows on his show uh it really just further exacerbates these kinds of um you know rifts between uh, scientists and patients and doctors and patients, and it's just not the kind of world that we need to live into. And the fact that he's playing into it is so sad and so aggravating. So Dr. Oz, come on, man, why do you have to do that? You know, I I, I think his daughter went to college with me. No, I, I, I'm not sure if she was in my class or not, but it's kind of weird to think. I mean, obviously I don't know him. I'll probably never meet him or ever have a conversation with him. But if I could, I would say, come on, man, like you can do better. Just do better. Just Be a better person. Do better. Stop being selfish. Be better. Um, And, uh, yeah, so if if anyone ever wants me or wants uh, wants that conversation to happen and you happen to know Dr. Oz, let me know. Uh, I'm happy to talk to him and uh, tell him what I just told you. Stop it. Come on. The other thing that I was really frankly surprised by, which was that I I heard about this tweet. I, I saw the tweet briefly and then I heard about it. And so I, I I went to, you know, get more background about what's going on with, with this tweet, and Dr. Oz's history. And the article that I found that was actually really useful was on this site called iflscience.com, which stands for I freaking love science.com, uh, which I believe is like a, an offshoot of that one Facebook group where people would post like cool, fun science facts. And honestly, this I, IFL science both the Facebook group and the website have largely been like so useless and so clickbaity, but I was very pleasantly surprised like this website actually gave me a lot of good information about the context of Dr. Oz and him peddling this kind of nonsense. The the actual tweet, some of the the, the initial responses to the tweet, it actually was really good journalism. I was very proud of them. So you know what? IFL science, I'm sorry for doubting you. Uh, if you were to do more of these kinds of uh, articles and, and, and few articles about, which boner pills are the most effective or whatever. I would maybe uh respect you more as a publication. So maybe do more of these and I would, I would really like to see that. I would maybe even recommend your site if you were to uh you know, have have more high quality publications like this. So yeah, yeah. So Dr. Dr. Oz, it really it really really aggravates me because it's you you can't step out of the house these days without running into someone who is just convinced that doctors are evil or that modern medical science or even modern uh, uh, scientists are evil because they are keeping the truth of essential oils or the truth of like mercury treatments or pure silver enema treatments or whatever from the common man. It just, it's so aggravating because as someone who really wants to, you know, hopefully one day uh, help develop therapeutics, maybe it, it's sad to see that there's people who are working so hard uh who are basically discredited all the time just because pe- people buy into what are effectively conspiracy theories. So. Anyways, I'll get off my sub box about that for now, but that, ugh, it really disappointed me. Something that didn't, that didn't disappoint me to this time around. Actually, I was so pleasantly surprised. Okay. Honestly, I had mixed feelings about it, but I was pretty pleasantly surprised about it. The, the chief of NASA, the, the head administrator for NASA, his name is, what's his name here? Jim Bridenstine, Bridenstine, Bridenstine. He, uh, he has a history of being a climate change denier. He was, I believe a congressman from Oklahoma originally and you know, con- Congress people from Oklahoma, I'm sorry people from Oklahoma, but historically Congress people from Oklahoma are not the most pro science. They're not the most pro education. So he was a, a pretty hardcore climate change skeptic or denialist to be honest. And uh, I think he came out a couple days ago. I think it was um, three days ago now. And he was like, Hey, Uh, I changed my mind about climate change. I think that people like humankind is accelerating climate change. And the reason he gave is because quote, he reads a lot. He was like, yeah, I read a lot. And uh, now I agree with it. And I'm, I'm in two minds about this. Like in on, on one side, I'm glad, I'm glad that he is open-minded enough that when he was flooded with the cornucopia of data, that nasa has at its disposal that all uh corroborate man accelerated climate change that he you know read it and eventually sometime i don't know how how recently he was appointed is probably at least six to t- six to twelve months ago he finally changed his mind uh and accepted that uh climate change uh, accelerated by humans is real so that's great i you know what major props to you, man, major props to, to, to Jim Bridenstine, the NASA administrator, because that is not easy to do, especially when you're a Republican, especially when you come from a district where you had to, I mean, either believe or pretend to believe that uh, that climate change wasn't real and that it was a hoax, you know? So I am, I'm really, I'm really proud of you, uh, Jim. That was uh, that was really great of you. On the flip side, <laughs> I also have, a bit of a beef with this notion that every single person has to read and evaluate the evidence for themselves for every single thing before they can form opinion or form a belief about what is otherwise considered a scientific fact right like there are so many other instances right where uh, there is a a, a unbelievable amount of, of scientific evidence backing a certain hypothesis or backing a certain essentially a fact right and people don't go around uh, reading every single article and every single piece, piece of data uh, about that fact before they make a decision about it, if there's sufficient scientific uh, consensus about a given topic, unless you are a part of the that exact field that uh, concerns itself with determining whether or not that fact is a fact, I don't think you should like pull back from actually accepting it. Uh, let's give an example. I don't know. Let's say in medicine, what's a really good example? Like, let's say vaccines. Not even if vaccines cause autism, right? Just if vaccines are effective or not, it is so obvious that vaccines are effective. There is like almost a hundred years of solid evidence that vaccines are are lifesavers. Forget about side effects; just that they're lifesavers. Period. No one out there, as far as I know, uh, maybe this is a bad example, but like. In, Imagine the last time you got a vaccine. Did you sit around and were you like, I don't believe in vaccines until I read all the data, right? At at some point or another, you have to, you know, allow authorities, allow quote unquote experts or, uh, you know, authorities in the matter uh, combined with, you know, really uh, uh, strict and really cautious uh, governmental oversight to determine for you as a proxy whether or not you ought to believe in vaccines and their efficacy, Right man i chose an awful example vaccines are the worst possible example but you know what i'm getting at right if you if if there is something that is characterized by overwhelming scientific evidence not everyone should feel that they have to go and read all the data themselves in order to be uh in order to be convinced or or even in order to just allow themselves to live a life enriched by that science so that's that jim jim bridenstein nasa administrator good for you for finally acknowledging climate change after being the head for many months of probably the greatest source of data regarding climate change in the history of the world so good for you i guess for for finally changing your mind i imagine for him maybe it's even a social thing like imagine being the head of nasa literally everyone around you every day at work is like yo you are the one person who doesn't believe in climate change look at all this data. Like I would, if if, if I were like the vice administrator or some other guy who, you know, anyone else at NASA, I'm sure is like making fun of him behind his back. And I'm sure he's hearing little snickers in the, in the coffee room and in the break room by, by people who are like, Oh my God, that's the NASA administrator who doesn't believe in climate change. If I were him and I was in that situation, I would feel embarrassed enough to go and read up on this. And, or I would feel embarrassed enough to go to go and finally, at least publicly change my mind about it because uh, just from the social pressure alone it's sad that that's probably part of what what dro- drove him to make this announcement about him changing his mind but i'm sure maybe it was part of it i'm sure maybe it's part of it oh yeah yeah space so <laughs> man i'm I'm getting better at these uh at these transitions look at this great transition speaking of nasa and space solo star wars <laughs> i uh i i took a break today i i had that slow day the you know yesterday and um i thought you know what Let's go watch a movie today. So I, I went, I took the morning off and I went to see solo with my father. And uh, if you want a really scathing review of this movie solo, go watch. I think her her name is Jenny Nicholson. She's a great YouTube reviewer. She has a 45 minute long video called solo bad. That's it. And it's a great scathing review of why solo was an awful movie. And I would say that I, I agree with probably every single point that she makes. <laughs> At the same time, I think it was, an, it was a perfectly enjoyable movie. I my general hesitation with the movie in general is that it was wholly unnecessary. Like at no point, like I can think of maybe two to three things that truly expanded the actual Star Wars universe um, in this movie. Otherwise, it was a it was a generic sci fi movie that just filled in generic sci fi roles with Star Wars roles, like like known Star Wars people or known Star Wars settings, or known Star Wars lore in place of the usual generic sci-fi lore. And that's the only reason why we give it a 70% on Rotten Tomatoes as opposed to like a 30%, which plenty of other generic sci-fi movies get. That being said, if you are willing to just go in with an open mind, just willing to go in as a generic Star Wars fan, which I am. I love Star Wars. I grew up on Star Wars. It is my favorite franchise. Uh, I loved it as a Star Wars fan. As a film critic and as someone who loves Star Wars more than just like a, a a run of the mills fan, I hated it because, like I said, it was it was too generic. It didn't really contribute much to the lore. Um, maybe I'll maybe I'll, I'll do a couple of spoilery things now. If you haven't listened, if you haven't watched Solo, go uh, you know maybe skip forward a couple of minutes. I'll talk about a couple of spoilers right now. I think my f- absolute favorite thing about this movie was that it talked about the Millennium Falcon a couple of times, like th- the part about Han. And Han and and Chewie meeting whatever, uh, the part about um, Lando and Han it was fun but it wasn't necessary. Like we already knew from the from the original trilogy that uh, Lando and Han were friends and they have this this storied history. Great, I didn't need to see that to believe it. What I loved was this one almost throwaway line, which talked about uh, it was the first time that Han walks into the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon where Lando's in the in the captain's seat, and Han says that his father. Used to build the same model of ship as the Millennium Falcon, and that to me was this incredible world-building moment because suddenly you understand that the connection between Han Solo and this ship, the Millennium Falcon, is more than just he happened to to steal it a couple of, uh, a, a bunch of times and use it a bunch of times to get out of, to get out of a couple of scrapes. He has this deep connection to this ship because in a way he grew up with the ship because his father uh, because his father helped build these ships and uh, he. Had actually been in these ships before because of that, and it, it was a really nice bit of of lore building, I would say. And I really would have liked more of that kind of stuff as opposed to like, hey, remember Darth Darth Maul, um, which was totally unnecessary. Like, I love that they acknowledge that Darth Maul is is alive still, but it was so unnecessary to be like, hey, remember this guy, without really having him do anything else. Um, the Darth Maul bit was awesome though, because uh, Darth Maul is by far is by far my favorite Star Wars character, and I really hope that they make an Obi Wan movie where he and Obi-Wan uh face off where, where Darth Maul and Obi-Wan face off and uh that, that'd be so awesome I would really love that yeah anyways wow it's already been almost 20 minutes um the last thing I, I really want to talk about just because I'm I'm so excited for it is Kingdom Hearts 3 so anyone that knows me knows that there's this incredible franchise of of, of games called Kingdom Hearts uh, the the original two, Kingdom Hearts 1 and Kingdom Hearts 2, came out on the PS2 like 10 plus years ago, long, long time ago, like back when I was in middle school. And it absolutely defined my childhood. Like it is probably one of the most defining media franchises of my childhood. I know I just said it was Star Wars. It was more than Star Wars. It was definitely Kingdom Hearts. I've I, I spent so much time playing that game. And even now I, I, I play that game all the time. And uh, I think come Monday, which is the day after tomorrow, they are going to be... Probably announcing the release date for the third installment, and it is something I've literally waited half my life for, and I, I, I cannot. Okay, here, here's how I can express to you how excited I am about this. Uh, maybe four or five years ago now, over the summer I was on campus, and there was no indication at all from anyone that there was going to be a third installment to the series, even though people had had asked for it for a long time. And I was watching the live stream. It was some, it was a random Saturday or Sunday or something. I was watching the live stream of the sony entertainment of the sony e3 uh conference it's it's a big conference where where all the game makers talk about new games and sony had a live stream and i was just watching it randomly in the background just whatever i'm a sony fan i i I play a lot of sony games I, i i hadn't really thought about it and then they play this really short maybe 20 or 30 second long clip And at first, everyone assumes, oh, it's just a remake of a past installment of the Kingdom Hearts franchise, whatever. And then they start to splice in new pieces of Kingdom Hearts video, Uh, namely one piece of Kingdom Hearts video that I know because I've seen literally every Kingdom Hearts video ever made. I knew that it had never been put out before. It's entirely new. It was in a it was in a new graphics format it was in a, a, a very high resolution that had never been seen before and there was a a, a circumstance in which the main character was picking up the sword um, by a person who he had never a, a sword that belonged to someone else who he had never met before and in that split second i knew i knew what it was alluding to and i literally screamed i literally let out a blood-curdling scream my roommates had to run to my room because they were worried that I was being murdered or something. It was that much of a excited scream. And of course the next second of that video was them throwing up onto the screen, the kingdom hearts three uh, logo and saying now in now in uh development. And I'm, I'm feeling emotional just talking about it right now. Like it's hard to convey how much I really care about this franchise. And, and anyways, hopefully that gave, gave some insight into that. Uh, anyways, Kingdom Hearts 3, they're hopefully announcing the the release date finally, um tomorrow the day after. So uh if if you guys see me tweeting or Facebooking or whatever really excitedly, that's uh that's why. It's cause um I'm probably gonna be in a state of ex- of extreme euphoria. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Uh yeah, that's probably the longest uh, uh episode of this I've ever made. Uh this is Top's Next Top Snacks Topcast. I'm Vade, thanks for listening. Uh, like I said before, if you are a fan of this or if you enjoy this in, in any way, make sure to subscribe. Make sure to rate. Please give me a rating um, or a review. It really helps stoke my ego, helps me make more of these things, it makes me feel less crappy about myself. Uh, anyways, thanks again for listening, and I'll see you guys next time. See ya.